Hey there, welcome back. It's Pastor Lars here from Lord of Grace. I wanted to share with you a few thoughts today, just a little bit of an expansion on some of the Bible readings that we had had uh, like a week and a half ago, where we were talking about Leviticus 25 and the year of the Jubilee. So the quick refresher is that in the Old Testament, of course, we have the Sabbath, right? Beginning with the creation story. God works for six metaphorical days. On the seventh day, God rests. Therefore, we should work for six days, and on the seventh day, we should rest. That seventh day is called the Sabbath, and it sets a precedent. Then, there's the next rule in Leviticus 25, based on that, is for farmers and for people who had vineyards. So you would till the land for six years, and on the seventh year, you let it go fallow. You don't till it, you don't plant it, you don't do anything, you just let it go. And, of course, that's good. That's good for the soil, the environment refreshes it. So that's one part of the year of Jubilee. Every seventh year, you leave the land go. Then, you multiply seven times seven, and you get 49. So, it then says, at the end of the 49th year, so... At, during the 50th year, that year is a year of Jubilee. And during the year of Jubilee, all debts are forgiven. All debts. And it's a radical concept. And we don't know exactly how much it actually was followed in biblical times. Uh, we don't know if, you know, the people just ignored it, even though they knew it was the law anyways. But nonetheless, it's there. It's in the Bible that every 50 years... We should forgive everybody's debts. And I remember teaching this lesson in confirmation class one time, and, and I was talking to the students, and their first reaction when they heard this was, so if I know all my debts are going to be forgiven on the 50th year, then in year 49, I'm just going to buy everything I want put it on my credit card, and then when the 50th year comes, I just get free stuff. Because my debts are forgiven, right? And it amazed me how quickly that's where their minds went. That immediately their minds went to, ah, this is a good, I, now I think I see a loophole in the system, and I can game it and manipulate it to get free stuff. And so I had to sit and think for a minute and say, okay, um, I hadn't thought of doing that, but here's going to be my guess, is that if you're a banker and you know that this is the law, that on the 50th year you have to forgive all the debts, as it gets closer to the 50th year, you're probably not going to write a lot of loans, and your credit card company may start choking back the purchases, that you're not going to see credit flowing as much leading up to this, because they're not stupid. And so I said, that's probably it. But I said, instead of thinking of this as a way for people to game it, as a system to be gained, as a tool for some lazy person to try to manipulate to not work, what if we looked at this from the other side? Look at this from the perspective of people who don't have a lot of money, who don't operate with a lot of cash flow, but who get lots of spontaneous, large, unplanned expenses. 
One of the classic ones that you see a lot if you're a pastor is cars. America is built with roads and cars. Except for a few key East Coast cities, without a car, you're going to have a very hard time getting around. But cars can be expensive. And often when you buy a car, you know your choice. If you get a brand new car, you'll have less repairs, but you pay a lot more. If you get an old car, you pay a lot less, but then you're going to have to throw in some big repairs. I know this because I drive a really old car. It hit 20 years this year and 253,000 miles. Uh, and I got it from my dad. It's a Mercury Grand Marquis. The thing's built like a tank. I can totally see why cops use it. But nonetheless, in the last year, I had to put new tires on it. 150 bucks a tire plus labor plus tax. I had to get new brakes. I've had to get the um, air conditioner fixed. And if it blows, that could be 3,000 bucks. My shocks are almost dead. That's at least 2,000 more. So you sit and realize that if you're somebody who makes an hourly wage, who doesn't have, you know, that master's in marketing to go out and just pick up that $100,000 job. If you're somebody who makes an hourly wage and say you got kids and say, or what if you get sick? You know, what if you get sick and suddenly you have a bit and, you know, you're stuck with some big deductible or you they won't pay anything because you have a pre-existing condition now what do you do for a lot of people in america that solution is bankruptcy a lot of people they get hit with enough of these spontaneous huge expenses that they go bankrupt and if you're a pastor you see that comes in through your church office because often they think churches are the only places where you can go where people will actually listen when you're in this kind of need. There's a real need out there for debt forgiveness. There's a real need for giving people a fresh start after they've gotten surrounded and, and overcome by debt. And there's a lot I think we can do on the other end to try to keep people from falling into that situation. And a lot of that starts getting into social policy. But at least just looking at Leviticus 25, what can we learn about how God views this situation? What do we see in the passage? Well, in, if you go look up Leviticus 25, you will see that God just says, when you get to the 50th year, when you've counted off all those years, blow a trumpet, blow a horn, declare it over. It doesn't say, when you get to the 50th year, begin means testing. And when you get to the 50th year, forgive debts of people who you can proven have only been hardworking and virtuous people. And only forgive the portions of their debt that relate to things that they could not have anticipated or prevented by saving and being responsible. God doesn't say, when the year of Jubilee comes, separate the hardworking from the moochers. God makes no separation. God just says, forgive all the debts. Now, are we to believe that in the time of Leviticus, every single person was hardworking? No. I'm sure there were lazy people who gamed the system who didn't like to work. In every bit of society, 
there are lazy people who want to gain the system and don't want to work. That's everywhere. But as a matter of justice, as a matter of compassion and grace, God says, forgive all the debts. Which is an interesting idea. What does that say about what it means to be a Christian? Are we expecting that Christian bankers every 50 years will just forgive all their debts? Well, most of our banks would go bankrupt, right? But is there a legitimate question to be asked about times when maybe there should be some debt forgiveness? Are there places in our society where there should be targeted debt forgiveness? What about medical bills? I don't know anyone who deliberately gives themselves cancer. Could we not arrange for debt forgiveness for people who got cancer? Could we not arrange for debt forgiveness for people who had to run up their credit cards making co-pays or prepays? I remember having to go in to get hernia surgery. That was exciting. But the most exciting part was having to put the whole deductible on the credit card first before they'd let me through the door because they didn't want to take the risk that I'd default and they'd have to go to a collection agency. So they demand the money up front. What if I had the, the, the torn hernia muscle and then I didn't have the money? I guess I'd just sit home and, what, go back to work until I can save up the money? But how am I going to work? I got a hernia. It hurts to stand. What do you do? Is there not a place for some debt forgiveness here? And is there not a place in our country for policies that understand the ways in which debt can be used as a tool to get people out of a hole and a bad situation, but also where debt can be used by lenders every bit as much to take advantage of people, to keep people down, to keep people from getting uh, out of it, are there ways in which, for example, credit card contracts are written with fine print so small that only the most advanced, sophisticated uh, credit lawyer with advanced degrees could understand the thing? Is there not a place for changing the terms? Is there not a place for debt forgiveness for the single mom who's just trying to get out of an abusive relationship? and she needs some money and doesn't have the money to hire a lawyer to decipher the terms. These are the kind of justice issues that come to my mind when we get to the year of the Jubilee. And I didn't have time to get to it in my sermon because all my time was spent on talking about farming. But think about this. An election is looming. We've got people we're going to vote for. One of the things that we are facing as a country is lots of debt issues. And there's lots of credit issues. And with a bad economy, there's a lot of people running up a lot of debt. Are we thinking when we are voting or asking these questions of our politicians, what are you going to do about the issue of debt forgiveness? Because it's not an issue separated from our faith. It is an issue that's absolutely a part of our faith. It's not just in Leviticus either. Well, we'll end this with the Lord's Prayer, remembering what Jesus says. And they say, Jesus, how should we pray? And he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Jesus says, forgive our debts. Forgive the debts. This is Jesus. And he has lots of parables about what happens to people who don't forgive debts. But debt is a real issue that we struggle with. 
It is something that's addressed in the Bible, and it's something that our loving, compassionate, gracious God sees it within his frame of justice to give wholesale forgiveness of debts so as a society we can give a second chance to people who can start over and have a clean slate and be free. Because isn't that the kind of God we want to worship? A God who wants everyone to be free? All right, well, those are my thoughts for today. A little bit more thoughts on the Jubilee. Uh, you can look that up. There's lots of other people who've made uh, far better insights than me. But that's what I, I was thinking of. Uh, so I hope you guys are all having a great week. And uh, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you again. Bye.